1: the internet that you do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, Father, do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. Let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto to you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we are in part five of our series Fights, which is the concluding part of this series. In part one, we laid a foundation and we explained the things that need to be in place before you, you fight. And if you missed any of this um, teaching, again, I would encourage you to get a CD or download it for free and listen to it. Even if you were here, you want to listen to it again and again. In part two, we looked at the courage to fight and the importance of courage and how to gain courage and deploy courage. In part three, we looked at distraction and how not to be distracted. Last week, um, um, we. Before last week, in part four, we looked at um, the types of punches, you know. In other words, the weapons of our warfare. And we explained obedience and gratitude. And last week we had a break um, because of our sixth year anniversary celebrations. Praise the name of the Lord. And uh, we are grateful to God for that. And today we will continue in part five. By looking at the types of punches we throw. So we will take off from where we stopped. The truth is that if you're a Christian, if you're a genuine Christian, you are going to take a jab from the enemy. The enemy is going to come at you, whether you like it or not. But God has not left us as orphans. God has empowered us for victory. Praise the name of the Lord. So like like the choir sang, we are fighting from victory. We are not actually fighting to gain victory. We are fighting from a position of victory. That makes a lot of difference. God says to us in James chapter 4 verse 7 that when we submit ourselves to the one and true God, We should fight against the devil and his schemes. And if we do, he will run away in failure. Every time you resist the devil, he flees from you. Do you know why he flees from you? Because he's already defeated. So all the harassment is a lie. A big fat lie. So, God wants us to understand that. And, and, and we learned in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 4, that the truth is that, although, of course, we lead a normal human life, or we lead normal human lives, we, we, we have um, a job, we go to school, we go to work, we have a business, some of us are married, we have our families, we have your children, you know, we, we lead normal human lives however the battles we are fighting is on a spiritual level and we we need to understand that that even though we lead a normal human life the battle we are fighting is on is not on the human level you may be fighting a battle in your health you may be fighting a battle in your your marriage you may be fighting a battle in your finances you may be fighting a battle Concerning your children, you may be fighting a battle. Concerning your spouse, God is saying to you that your battle is on a spiritual level. It's not on the human level. So don't touch it on the human level. Tackle it from the spiritual level. And the very weapons we use are not those of human warfare. But they are powerful in God's warfare. And these are the weapons that we, we are talking about. So, God wants you to know, wherever you have a challenge right now, that the battle is on a spiritual level. So, there's more to life than meets the eyes. All you see is not all there is. There's so much more than you and I can physically see with our eyes. With our Two eyes. (laughs) Again, the beauty is that God never leaves us to fight for ourselves in this wicked world. God always fights for us. He always fights in us. He always fights through us. He always fights with us. And when you are fighting, you need to know the weapons that are available to you. You need to know the weapons that are available, available to you. Off the bat, I want to say that prayer is not one of the weapons that we don't consider it as one of the weapons. I know it's it's been considered as a weapon of prayer, you know, and all that stuff. Prayer is is way, way, way more than a weapon. And if if you understand what I'm saying, prayer offers the channel and the power to unleash the weapons. These weapons work by prayer, through prayer. So prayer is like, creates the environment, the atmosphere, where the weapons can be deployed. James 5, 16b says to us, the amplified version, the classic amplified version, that the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in his workings, So, prayer makes tremendous power available that is dynamic in his workings. So, we need to do all things by prayer. So, weapon number one is the weapon of what? Obedience. Weapon number two is the weapon of gratitude. Weapon number three we are going to learn today, is what we've called the victory combo. It's a combination of weapons. Each of them is actually a, a, a weapon in its own right. We see that in Revelation 12, 11. We are going to read it together because they appear together in Scripture. It says, And they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their what? Their testimony and... So, we we see three weapons here. Number one is the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. We overcame him. We defeat the devil by the blood of Jesus. Number two is by our testimony. We defeat the devil when we stand and we testify and we speak of God's faithfulness. Number three, we defeat the devil with fearlessness. Fearlessness. And each of these mighty weapons already in themselves. The blood of Jesus is so, so, so powerful. It's so powerful because it, 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 it's, it's protective, it's offensive, it's defensive. The blood of Jesus is potent. And there's a story that I've shared before of a man that went to work outside of town. And when he, went, when he was working, where he was working, God showed him a vision And he saw a pack of wolves attacking his family or coming to attack his family. And he tried to call his wife. At the time, they had a storm, so they were cut off from the grid. They didn't have power, so he couldn't reach his wife on the phone. And obviously, he was was worried. So, he decided to draw a bloodline, more of a blood circle around his house. He was in another state. And he was drawing a blood circle around his house when he got home to see his wife, who was happy to see him. He discovered that the kitchen door was open. He went out. So they lived like a woods, just American houses that are in, um, the suburbs and all that. And he discovered that around his premises were a pack of woods. A pack of wolves dead. Praise the name of the Lord. Dead pack. What killed them? Yeah. I know. I know some of you are like, uh, ah, ah, Pastor. That sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> can that be so? Can I be true? You know? But but you see, didn't the word of God say in Exodus twelve, thirteen? That you will put the blood on your house. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the death will not come upon you. The angel of death will skip your homes When you cover your houses with the blood of Jesus, when tragedy hits a particular location, he sees your house and he skips it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The power of the blood. The power of the blood. There are places that our children will go to that our eyes cannot follow them. There are places that our spouses. Your husband will go that you cannot follow him or your wife will go that you cannot follow her, but guess what? The blood can follow them. The blood can follow them. You can cover your home with the blood of Jesus. You can cover your children. You can cover your spouse with the blood of Jesus. You can put them in the blood of Jesus that if any. Did you meet Spotify? Put eyes on your husband. <laughs> ah, praise the name of the Lord. So the blood, the, the victory combo. So we, we, go, we go very quickly I, for your wife and, and all that. Number four. So number one is what? Number two. Good. Number three. Victory combo. Number four, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is a weapon. It's a huge weapon. In fact, it's so big that we really cannot do without Him. Every believer obviously has an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And you see, that's, this is where a lot of people mess it up. They say, oh, we in Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit. And that is true. Every believer, it is the seal. The, the Bible calls it the earnest seal. Every believer has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Once you give your life to Jesus, once you believe in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in you. However, every believer must seek to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit fills your vessel to the overflowing. And the first time you experience that, is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you see, it's not a one off experience. You should get filled over and over and over and over again. If you only got filled when we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need a refill. You need a refill. In Acts 1 8, the Word of God says in Acts 1 8 that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me. So, when you make the kingdom of God, regardless, you don't need to be a pastor. But in your business, you make the kingdom of God priority. In your career, you make the kingdom of God priority. It is important to you that your friends are not heading to hell. It is important to you how you reach people for God. Guess what? The power of the Holy Spirit becomes available to you becomes available to you. Why? Because that is the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is not given so that you can have vengeance upon your cousin. So that you can call down fire on his head. That's not the purpose of the the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is for the expansion of God's kingdom. It is so when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, there are actually two I mean branches in, 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 as a weapon. The first is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is indispensable. The anointing is indispensable. What is the anointing? The anointing is when the, um, the, the enablement, the power is released for a function. And the second is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit makes victory effortless, quote-unquote. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Even, I mean, there's, there are businessmen that have the gift of the Holy Spirit. They have the gift of the word of knowledge. They know what where to invest. They know where not to invest. How do they know? They just say that the Holy Spirit tells them you need the gift of the Holy Spirit. It makes victory effortless. So the power of the Holy Spirit, you should seek the power of the Holy Spirit. Interestingly, beginning from tomorrow, as you are aware, fasting begins. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and one of the beauty of fasting is, is that we are soaked in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts, the anointing becomes sharp and effective in us. So, weapon number one is obedience. Weapon number two, gratitude. Weapon number three, victory combo. Weapon number four, the power of the Holy Spirit. Weapon number five, the spoken word the spoken word <laughs> the spoken word hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 hebrews 4:12 says to us the word of god is living and active and full of power making it operative energizing and effective It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person. And of both joint and marrow, the deepest part of our nature. Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, the word of God is so effective that it it, it can operate on the spiritual, as even the, the, the joining of the soul and the spirit, it can divide it. That is how precise the word of God can be. It's not only operational in the spiritual, on the, the soul level, it's even operational on the physical level, the bones and joints and marrows, the word of God can perform an operation. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, the next verse says that there is nothing that is hid or can be hid from him. So, the word of God in your mouth is lethal. And it is the word of God in your mouth. It is not the printed word. It's not, I know you love your Bible, but the word of God it's written in the Bible, but the Word of God does not become the sword of the Spirit until it is spoken from your mouth. It is when it is spoken that it becomes the sword of the Spirit. So, there's no point opening your Bible to Psalm 91 and putting your pillow on it and sleeping on it. No, no, no. It doesn't do anything. So, Papa Pastor, uh, it works so, you know, I, I, it's all the bad dream stuff. It doesn't do anything. It is not the print that makes the word of God the word of God, that makes the word of God the sword of the spirit. It is when it is spoken. It is the spoken word that becomes lethal. It is the spoken word. You see, and it is the word that you know. Thought service, you know, I'll I'll give you a little bit more. Is that okay? That's, That's a good plan. Okay, cool. It is the word that you know. But you see, knowing is on two levels. There's knowing on the conscious level. And there's knowing on the subconscious level. when the word of god is known only on the conscious level is good but it's not little enough when the word of god now moves from the conscious level to the subconscious level it's in your spirit then you speak it oh it's like fire so the question is how do i get the word from the conscious level To the subconscious level. Meditation. So, when I get the word of God. And I burn it in in meditation. And I burn it in in meditation. It moves from the conscious level. To the subconscious level. It becomes a part of your spirit. When you take that word. And you release it. In the spirit. Boom. Things change. Things change. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when God was saying to Joshua, this word of the Lord must not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate in it day and night. So that you will observe to do what is written thereof. Then you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. That's how you become successful. Getting the word of God on your inside. And speaking it. So, the power of the spoken word is a a very big, big, big weapon. Big weapon. Growing up, we play this game which is I touch you last, you know? Touch you last is when you touch your sibling, they have to touch you back. When they touch you back, you have to touch them back. It's the person that touches the person last that wins. Did anybody play that game here? Okay, so, uh, <laughs> we used to play Touchy Light. I mean, it's, it's usually very intense because, you know, a, my siblings, everyone is hugely competitive. It's unbelievable. Everyone, maybe one. Even that one that's not competitive. You know, other people consider him very competitive. <laughs> you know, so, to show you how it can get when that game starts. Even till today, I was saying, if my sister today is, I mean, she has three children. If I see her and I touch her, she drops a baby. She's going to come and touch me back. <laughs> because she must not lose. And she hates to lose. Oh, you think I'm competitive? Meet my sister. You know, she hates it. So she will come and touch it. So I usually back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because in the spiritual realm, you must not allow the devil have the final say. You must not. You must not allow him. You must not allow him have the final say. He touches you. He tells you you're a failure. Can't you see? Everything is just coming down. Everything is just going to crumble. He's telling you that you must respond. You must respond. You must respond and say to the devil, I am the head and not the tail. And say to him, everything I lay my hands upon, Shall prosper. You must respond. But don't respond in your thoughts. Respond with what? With, with your words. Speak the word. Respond with your words. Some of us, we, we respond in our thoughts and we, we wonder how come it's ineffective. It's ineffective because the battle is a battle of words. He spoke it to you. You heard it. You have to speak it to him so that he, we hear it. He touches you, you have to touch him last. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> He says to you oh can't you see this is how your grandmother was then you see your mother you know just get ready you know you just have to manage it you will say to the devil no 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 no. he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement of my peace was upon him by the stripes of jesus i have been healed you say it to him say it to him if he says to you Nobody loves you. Say to him, God loves me with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. Everlasting means from lie, lie to lie, lie. The love that does not expire. Make sure you speak it back. You know? There's this story of some lady that was working in one of the big banks in Nigeria. Not the new generation big banks, the the old generation big banks, (laughs) you know. And and, and her boss, I mean, wanted to sleep with her. And she wouldn't agree because she she tells him, I'm a Christian. And the boss is like, "Ah, ah." how many? you know, and she wouldn't and the boss says that, look, listen you won't get promoted, so he sat on a promotion, and because I mean, she was a child of God, she wasn't intimidated she went to meet him, to have a conversation I mean, what's going on I'm I'm better than these people that are getting promoted, and the guy says to her, after getting infuriated, that over his dead body, we should be promoted and she said, oh God, don't go there, don't even say that, and he was irritated, what do you mean I shouldn't go there. I'm telling you. You know, sometimes power intoxicates. You don't know that power is is stewardship. The person that owns the power can collect it from anybody. Praise the name of the Lord. Power belongs to God. Praise the name of the Lord. So when you have power, you have to be humble. Anyway, so back to this story. So he got infuriated and says, over his dead body. And he really says, all I need to say is amen, Oga. And he repeated it. And she said, amen. He was buried. She was promoted. <laughs> the power of the word is so powerful. It's so, so powerful. I shared a story that um. Pastor who shared with me two days ago there about about one of, one pastor on mainland. This happened about five years ago. There was this notoriously occultic guy in that area. Anyone he fights with he goes harass them, they die. Anyone he fights with. So the church was growing bigger and bigger so they had some parking problems. So you know, you know, and when church has parking problems, sometimes it's challenging, you know, and somebody parked maybe in front of his, his house or something, and he was really frustrated. So he came to meet the pastor and, and challenged the guy, and he saw that the guy was not even bulging, you know. He apologized for the car park, but he was like, you can't threaten me. And the guy said to him that he's going to Ijebun. By the time he comes back, and reeled out all his threats. And the pastor said, you will go to Jebu, but you will not come back. <laughs> so the man didn't go to Jebu. <laughs> 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 the, the, <laughs> the pastor said, you will go, but you will not come back. He didn't go. So he stayed in Lagos, <laughs> But you see, because of the way the spiritual works when you put your hand in a lion's mouth you may end up being amputated. That's how it works. This guy was in his house and there was a lightning and it struck him on his bed and he died. Now, this is not tale. Don't look at me like that. Just <laughs> a few years ago, in this Lagos. Why? Because, you know, when, when a child of God, I, I, you have to know the power you are carrying. And I'm, I'm not saying this so that you begin to strike everybody with lightning. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that your words are powerful praise the name of the lord and sometimes god when when the enemy fails with people that are outside like this man occultic man when he fails with people that are outside when he fails even if there are people that are close to you the enemy will want to use them and that's how it works These people may actually have your good intentions at heart, but the enemy can speak through them. It is your duty to counter it. That is your call. Even if it's your mother-in-law, you will respectfully tell her, Mama, it's not going to be like that. This is how it's going to be. If you keep quiet, you've accepted it. You have to respond. You have to respond. Sometimes it's your father. Sometimes it's your wife. Sometimes it's your husband. Sometimes it's your brother. Sometimes they, they say things, they, they, they don't, it's not that they wanted to curse you, but those, that thing is actually a limitation. You know, you have to correct it. Oh, they look at you, they say, oh, the, the sky is your limit. No, the sky is not your limit. You are going, wait, 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 you are, gonna, you are sitting with Christ in the heavenly places. How can the sky be your limit? The sky is your Step in stool. Yeah. it is is things like, I mean, I mean, when I first, I mean, before I, before I got saved, you know, <laughs> yeah, I played sports, you know, and I was a little bit troublesome, just a little bit, you know. So, when something happens, you know, my friend, you know, they just say, oh, fermus, you know, you know, and all that stuff. So when I got saved, and I, and I saw that, you know, I'm supposed to be trampling upon serpents and scorpions. So one of my friends saw me and said, oh, famous scorpion!" I said, no. And I told him, I trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt me. So don't call me scorpion. You can say lion hey. and <laughs> hair. We can have that discussion. <laughs> You may, you, may, you may say that, I mean, are you not going to be obnoxious? Are you not going to be, it may not be politically correct. Are you going to mortgage your destiny over political correctness? Is, is, is that it? Is that it? Even Jesus had to deal with this. One of Jesus' best guys was Peter. One of his most reliable guys was Peter. When everybody has turned his, their back Peter followed Jesus, even though from a distance. Peter said to Jesus, you will not go to the cross. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. This is my calling. This is my destiny. You are not going to cage my destiny. That was Peter. He didn't look at, he looked at Peter and called him. Adversary. Satan. I'm not saying you should look at people and call them Satan, but reject what they say. That is not in line. with Your destiny. Do I get an amen? Amen. And when the enemy sees that he can't curse you or limit you by, by his occultic people, by negative people, by people around, by people that are without... And he sees that he can't get you or limit you by by people within, people that are surrounding you, people that are your friends, your loved ones. He sees that it cannot succeed. He will try and use you to stop yourself. That's why it tries to use people and put people under pressure to say negative things about themselves, about their future, about their spouses, about their children, about their lives. Don't do it. Don't do it. People say things like, oh, I am finished. <laughs> no, you are not. No, you are not. Or if you don't understand what is going on, let me give you a phrase. What you should say. If, if everything looks gloomy and everything breaks loose, what you should say is, all is well. All is well. The widow waited how many years? Elisha said to her, I want to give you, a, I want to pray that God will give you a son. She said she doesn't want. Elisha, against the woman's will, prayed and God gave her a son. So she now enjoyed the, the, the joy of motherhood. And the boy became a teenager. She, 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 she could have that joy. Then the boy died. When the boy died, she says, hey, I know where the guy is. <laughs> she tied her apart. You know when the woman tied her? says, <laughs> she's gathered herself. And the husband saw her going. The husband said, what, are you, are you okay? She said to the husband, all is well. She has a dead boy in the room. Because the husband could not help her. There's no point complaining to people that can't help you. There's no point. There's no point complaining to people that can't help you. The husband loves her. The husband has her best intentions at at heart. But the husband cannot help her. So instead of using her mouth to bind her situation... The husband said, what is going on? Are you okay? She said, all is well. And she marched out of the house, straight to Elisha's house. Elisha, smart man, saw the woman from a distance. (laughs) Say the way this woman is walking, there's trouble. (laughs) There's trouble, you know. Saint Gehazi, go and meet this woman on the way quickly find out what the problem is so that I can strategize. She got to Gehazi. Gehazi said, I am second in command in this place. We want to know what is going on. woman said, all is well. Because he looked at it he said, you can't do this thing is your guy at home is at home all is well could not for me <laughs> leave the road for me <laughs> when she saw elisha what did she do she grabbed him i said i didn't beg for this child and you know the story i don't i don't i don't many times we think there's a justification for saying negative things over our lives because because of the reality of the situation, no, there's no justification. there's no justification. This year, for instance, I mean, last year we were told how this year was going to be by the grace of God from a prophetic standpoint. I announced it this year is going to be this, this year is going to be that for everybody and for, from, for, from a natural standpoint. And I said to you that when men are saying there's a casting down, we will say there is a what there's a lifting up. And we are hearing the testimonies this same year. People are building houses. People are buying cars. People are getting promoted. You know, doors are opening. Why? Because people chose to believe and to speak the word of God. So never, ever join people to say, ah, times are hard. Don't say, never, never. But but, but, pastor, I'm struggling to fill my tank. That is what you can see but you call the things that be not as though they were. You say, as far as I am concerned, you are going to lend to nations. You are going to lend to nations and you will not borrow. And it is what you say you will have. Numbers fourteen twenty-eight says, God says to Moses, that say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears so I will do unto you as you say it you will have it so weapon number one is what obedience weapon number two gratitude weapon number three victory combo weapon number four power of the Holy Spirit question number five the spoken word, weapon number six, the high praises of God, the high praises of God, the praise of God that you elevates and projects above your life, your situations, above everything that is happening around you. Psalm 149, verse 6. From verse 6 says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands. To execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishment upon the people. Praising God is a big, it's a huge weapon. It's a big weapon. Why? Because when we pray, when people pray, God attends to prayer. But guess what? God dwells in the praises of his people. He attends to prayer, but he inhabits and dwells in praises. So when we praise God, God dwells in there. And because God is present, chains are broken. Prison doors are opened. In Acts 16, the popular story of Paul and Silas, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed, and they sang praises and the prisoners ate them. Then suddenly, there was an earthquake. So that the prison door, the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everybody's bands were loosed. Do you know what that means? That means that Paul and Cyrus were praising God. And you know, when, when, the truth is that when you pray, God can delegate Answers to prayers. God can send an angel, can send Gabriel, can delegate answers to prayers. But you see, when we pray, God personally attends to praise. Because there is no angel that is worthy of receiving the praise of God's children. None. None. So, God himself attends to the praises of his children. He attends to it. He attends to it. So what happened there? Paul and Silas, as they were praising. As they were clapping. As they were singing. It was a high praise because the prisoners heard them. Heard them. Giving glory to the Lord he raised.
0: Giving glory to the Hallelujah, he reigns, reigns, reigns he reigns, 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 giving glory to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lord. Lord.
1: But they were praising God. And many times we think because we have challenges we shouldn't praise God. We grumble. But no, these guys they've done nothing wrong. They were in chains. They praised God and because God could not delegate praise. When we begin to praise, when I begin to praise for instance, you know, God said to Gabriel, Gabriel wait, famine praising that I need to attend I need to dance. I need to dance a little bit. You know, <laughs> and that is how God deals with our praise. So, in the case of Paul and Silas, God says, "I, I can't send an angel." In the case of Peter, you know, when they prayed, he sent an angel to open the gates. In the case of Paul and Silas, he says, "I can't send an angel. I need to come myself because they are praising me." And God entered the prison, and the gates of the prison opened up. And because God was present, it wasn't only Paul and Silas' chains. That was everybody was set free. Everybody was set free. So, guess what? When you come to church, when you come to God's presence, you see, there are people. This is why you have to bring your people to church. Even if they don't know God, because God is present, God will break their chains. Because God is present. God. Pff, everybody's changed, God released. Everybody in that set, all the prisoners were free. Why? Because God filled the whole place. God filled the whole place. Which is why you should not take place and worship lightly. Lightly. No, 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 no. You shouldn't. Don't say, Oh. Okay, I'll get to church. They are still doing praise and worship. Let me give them some more, like 15 minutes. No, no. That's the most important part of service. The most important part of service because God is being praised and he attends to praise personally. As we begin to fast tomorrow, the, the, the upper week, we dedicate it only to praising God. Praising God. It's very deliberate. It's very, very deliberate. Because God attends to praise personally. And because God is light, when, when we are committed to praise, because God is light, God's light envelopes us. And darkness cannot attach itself on us. Darkness cannot fasten itself on us. God's presence, God's light, Takes over your life. My life is by the grace of God, it's filled with worship, it's filled with praise, it's filled. I mean, I pray, as you know, I love to pray, but it's filled with praise, it's filled with worship. I'm sleeping, worshiping, I'm waking up, worshiping. <laughs> I'm walking worshipping. And when, when, you are, when God is present with you, God's life repeats. I mean, something happened to me this weekend, you know, it's happened a couple of times, in different ways, but the one that happened this weekend, I mean, I never, it never gets old for me, I mean, I'm always amazed. Yesterday, I, I mean, in the morning I was playing golf and the guys I was paired with were Koreans. So three of them, so one of them was riding the cart with me and we're talking and after a while, you know they don't speak English very well after a while he said to me he looked at me and said to me you priest? are you priest? you know he was asking if I was a priest I didn't tell this guy I was a pastor or anything I didn't even tell him I was a priest then. He says, You priest? I wanted to say no because I'm not a priest. Am I a priest? So so okay, well, I thought I was, but I, I remembered it must be the Lord. I remembered quickly that oh, God has made us kings and priests. So I said, me priest, yes. Something like that. You know, and he, and he said. And I proved. I I mean, why is he asking if I was a priest? He said, "He said your your face that there's there's so much peace in your face that you have peace." That's the way he described it. That he has you have peace in your face. And since he has been riding with me, he's, he's he's been filled with so much joy. Now, I didn't preach to this guy. Nothing. So, his conclusion is, you priest? You must be a priest. Then we talked about Young Cho, you know, because Young Cho, I, I used to read his book, South Korean, he knew Young Cho and all that stuff. But the point is this. When you make God your habitation, even people that don't know God will look at you and say, ah, You priest? Praise the name of the Lord. How do you make God your habitation? Praise. Worship. That's number six. I give you seven and eight also. <laughs> number seven. So, what's number one? Quickly. Obedience. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9-11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Oh, never this light. of things in the heavens of things on the earth and of things beneath the earth and that every tongue she confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father you see the name of Jesus is a huge powerful weapon it is it is when you call on the name of Jesus demons tremble Demons tremble. I can tell you stories and stories and stories of the name of Jesus in the process of deliverance. Demon, get out of him. Why? In the name of Jesus. Ah, Okay, okay. (laughs) We live. The name of Jesus. So the name of Jesus should be in your mouth. You should teach your children the name of Jesus, the weapon for them. The name of Jesus. You know, no matter how small, teach your children. If somebody even wants to harass them physically, train them. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I tell you, the person will be bound. Try it. The name of Jesus. Again, I can give you so many examples that are coming to me, but <clears throat> I need I need to learn this okay. Let me tell you one of those examples. Four five year old in school, school here Lagos. One child was possessed and was manifesting in school. Teachers obviously we're running after a skelter because teach teachers see demons even if it's from a 5 year old demon a demon and this 5 year old walked up to a classmate and commanded the demon to come out of that child in the name of Jesus and the demon left and the child was peaceful and when they asked the 5 year old how did you know what to do? He said, that's, that's how my daddy does it. He so that's how my daddy does it. See, so my daddy will just say, in the name of Jesus. And they go. So you go. In the name of. You see, it, obviously you know that he's not that five year old or whatever. You know it's not that. It has nothing to do with your age. He has everything to do with his name. His name. His name is potent. His name is powerful. His name is all-powerful. That's number seven. Number eight. This is, like I said, the second watch experience is advanced warfare. Number eight. We are beginning to enter advanced warfare. It's a little bit outside of the scope of this teaching, but I'm going to mention it, you know, just for mentioning sake. Number eight is created things. Created things. God can use people to fight each other and make a way for you to be promoted. Second Chronicles 2022. 20, God used people to fight each other. They are created things. Anything created. That is why you should never be afraid of any human being. You should never be afraid of any human being. Are they not created? God can use anything created. Angels are created. Psalm 35, 5 and 6. It says, let the angel of the Lord persecute them. You can fight with created things. The earth is created. Revelations 12, I think from verse 15. It says, the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water. Flowed from his mouth, but the earth did what helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing up the river that gushed out of the mouth of the dragon. So, when the enemy wants to swallow you up with a flood, the earth will help you. Fire can fight with fire, can fight with water, can fight with air, can fight with hail, can fight with brimstone. Again, the oppressions of these things are not what we're talking about today. So we see that God is saying to us fight, fight for your brothers, fight for your sisters, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your homes, fight. Why? Because. When you fight, the enemy will run away in defeat because he's already defeated. He's already defeated. So as we move from here, obviously on Wednesday we are going to continue, um, we are going to finish the fighting um, part of the physical engagement, spiritual engagement rather but you should live here equipped with this weapons ensuring that anywhere the enemy raises his ugly head you are going to squash it do i get an amen yes. let's our hearts as we our heads fight Fight, but how can you fight when you don't even belong to the Lord? How can you use the name of Jesus when it won't even answer in your mouth? I want to pray with you. The same pastor, I want to be on God's side, I want to be able to use this spiritual weapons. To my advantage, for the glory of God. I want to be born again. I want to be in the path of God. I used to say, or you, or you can say that I used to be born again, but I'm backslidden. I want to come back to God. I want to pray with you. Should I come forward, Pastor? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. That is me, Pastor. Put up your hand now over your head, quickly, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put it up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you, ma. God bless you, my sister. I don't have God bless you. That is me. Put the hands up. I'm going to pray with you. They're going to slip a card in your hand. Once you have the card, can put out the hand. That is me. I'm going to pray with you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you right there. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Once you have the card, why don't you just cry to God and say to him, Today I come to you. Today, I come to you to be on your side. Today, I come to you to be on your side. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Father, we give you praise and glory, Lord. We pray for everyone's surrender to you today. We ask. That you fill them with your life and your spirit. Empower them to fight from victory and enforce victory in every area of their lives. We pray for everyone in this place that we will stand triumphant every single day of our lives. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's put us together for the Lord for his kindness.